0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 269 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm good, but I'm
1: confused because we can't talk about weather. We can't talk about food. We're not allowed to mention he who shall not be named from the other show. I don't know what we're supposed to banter about at the beginning of these episodes anymore.
0: We can talk about food. Food is always something that we can talk about on every podcast.
1: (laughs) That's more of an after dark thing. Oh, damn damn it. That's close to mentioning him.
0: No, come on. You can can plug shows and... You know, say who's on those shows, like who your co-host of uh, Porch Talk is, which is on its uh, winter hiatus.
1: Yeah, it is definitely on its winter hiatus, although uh, maybe there is a big GTA DLC drop on December 12th. Maybe I can convince that person to allow us to, like, record a little bit of it.
0: Oh, my God. Just to see what would happen, you know? I don't know who would be incriminated worst in those recordings, you or him.
1: it's just me being a bully the whole time i'm like god damn it stop dying god i have to do everything that's me the entire time
0: no well, again i mentioned who would incriminate so it's gonna yeah. incriminate you bullying poor todd oh, oh god, god oh, it. ring it. the bell ring yeah. the bell <laughs> I think we got a jam packed well, show today, Joe. We do. Well, we do have a jam packed is show today. But I'd want to start out with because it did drop over the weekend, and when the initial tweet of it went out, I knew it was coming out on Saturday. I don't think I got tagged in the Saturday tweet on it, or if I did get tagged in it, um, let's just blame like Twitter being a mess. Uh, but the uh, Eddie Kingston Patreon show came out, talking about Shakara amongst other things.
1: Yeah, I it, I don't know if I tag you in it but you should be able to see when like people are liking and retweeting it right
0: um so it's it's weird with the notifications for the at odds account right okay okay um, on my phone like i have it on my phone with all the other shows and words and everything else like that but <laughs> yeah. sometimes i don't get the notifications on like when you send out a tweet unless i'm tagged in it for some reason i don't know how it works but uh yeah so it was just one of those things i'm like shit adam never put the thing out and i'm like oh no i just wasn't tagged in it so i just gave it. i just ended up giving it another boost on sunday you know yeah uh, absolutely so, so you got a chance to listen to it of course Yep. Yeah, I
1: listened to, like, I, I started, I think I mentioned last week that I, I kind of started it a little bit prematurely, but I finished it once it hit the feed. Uh, absolutely love it. It's very surreal to hear, like, a big-time <laughs> superstar like Eddie Kingston talk to a Jamoke like you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have to say, and I I, I want to talk about this, and it was mentioned on the podcast And I'm not going to go into great detail over what he says, but Eddie talks about when he won the grand championship and it started to corrupt him and in his mind. He wanted to kind of do a little bit of like the Lord of the Rings and how the ring, the one ring kind of turns everybody evil. Yeah, Uh, I I started fantasy booking that like after (laughs) I was done listening to the podcast and I was like, that is the most genius idea, especially for a company like Chikara, because every time you can have a babyface challenge for the title against the heel, and then as the new champion has the belt, like let's say, you know, babyface, whatever, uh, you know, Orange Cassidy as a babyface wins the belt, and then the belt through his defenses slowly turns him evil. So you'll always have a heel dropping the belt to a babyface. And then you could eventually have like baby faces that are like, well, I, I want to go for the grand championship, but I don't want, I see what it does to people, and I don't think I can handle that. And then you have like a spooky Chikara person like Hollow Wicked being like, I can withstand the the the, you know, the power of the ch- grand championship. I'm like, that would have been a great long term storyline. You always have a baby face winning the belt, and it's slowly turning them heel. So I'm sorry, Rudo, since it's Chikara.
0: Right. So I will say there is kind of a precedence. And off the top of my head, I would have to go and look at the like the the dates and everything. Um, but I know like just as an example, um you know Eddie is baby face champion he starts it off with and there's the shutdown angle and he has it for a long time. turns heel by the end of it and Icarus beats him for it. Now Icarus ends up holding the title for a long time, but he never he doesn't turn heel until much later on. Um, the other babyface champions that held the belt, for the most part, held it for a short amount of time. And when I say a short amount of time, I mean like less than six months at a clip, right? Mm-hmm. Except for Dasher. When Dasher, and we get into that a little bit, like that storyline on the episode conversation with Joe comes out in December, where we talk about his storyline with he's kind of like the fill-in champion for Mr. Touchdown. And he's defending the title in Mr. Touchdown Steed as a babyface, and then when Mr. Touchdown comes back and he's like, "All right, I'm healed up, I'm good to go, give me the title back," and Dasher doesn't want to give the title back, and that was kind of Dasher's heel turn. So there's definitively a line in there where, like, if a babyface holds the title in Chikara for X amount of time, th- like as long as they, it, like, can they make it to this point? And can they make it to this point without the belt corrupting them?
1: But was it always, like, was the picture painted that it was just the allure of being the champion is what's turning them heel and, like, the greed of wanting to keep it? Or was it ever implied that it's literally the belt that somehow has spooky powers?
0: (laughs) No, it was never implied that the belt has spooky powers. Because that's what I want, you know? Now, now, so that's the thing is, so you could then, obviously, we're fantasy booking a promotion that died R.I.P. three and a half years ago. But you could kind of set it up in that in that way, where like you know there's a baby face who's like i'm going to win the belt and i 'm going to break the curse of the belt, yeah like i 'm going to hold it past this point i 'm going to be the longest reigning champion, and the belt's not going to corrupt me, right mm. where everyone just thinks it 's the greed it 's the power, it's the money it's the whatever, but then you do a gimmick where let's say the baby face has the belt. And you do the angle where, like, somebody steals the belt. Remember the Saturday Night's Main Event angle where Mr. Perfect and the Genius break the belt on the Hulkster, right? Yep. yep. You have the heels do that, and then, like, something gets released from the belt, right?
1: <laughs> and that just creates a whole new mass character.
0: <laughs> right, and, like, whatever. So, like, and like, oh, shit, it was something in the belt the whole time. That was corrupting people, right? Yeah. And that's how they found it out. <laughs> I like the way. Listen, you could become Chikara pilled, you know, years afterwards, and feel okay about it, right?
1: Absolutely, and that's another thing that, like Eddie talked about on there, is that it's like both of you guys were talking about, like loving the memories of Chikara, even though you know it's no longer around, and there seems to be a stigma about it, and like how Eddie will just flat out mention it on TV, and you say like how happy that makes people. Yeah. I love that conversation, you know.
0: Absolutely. So like I said, it's, it's you know, a, a more snackable, you know, it's not the three hour plus conversation with Joe that I've usually done. Uh, but as that as Adam mentioned, you know, it's I'm talking to like a major TV star about Chikara nonsense. Right. Yeah.
1: And I can't imagine he talks about Chikara a lot like when he does other podcasts, you know. Right. So that's awesome. Go check it out on our Patreon. Yep.
0: So that's our banter. Let's get into the show.
2: Now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling
1: History.
0: (laughs) So I only have a couple clips, so I can't say my catchphrase here that I stole. But uh, (laughs) this day in wrestling history, 26 years ago, ECW uh, from the suburbs of Pittsburgh in Monaca, Pennsylvania, had the pay-per-view, November to Remember. I will say that this was probably the last great moment in ECW history. Okay. Um, So the storyline went, Bam Bam Bigelow had come in, it was he, Shane Douglas, and uh, Chris Candido as the triple threat. Uh, There was a storyline going on that Rick Rude... Was in ECW and WWE at the same time just because of how things were going. And he was Shawn Michaels' bodyguard in DX, but he was like giving Shane Douglas tougher opponents to make him a better champion. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the champions, one of the opponents that Rick Rude picks ends up being Bam Bam Bigelow, member of the Triple Threat. Shane Douglas is not ready for this. Bam Bam ends up beating Shane Douglas for the title. Now, granted, it ends up going to this larger moment that we're going to talk about here. But in between uh, Bam Bam Bigelow beating Shane Douglas for the title and this moment that we're going to play here, Rick Rude ends up leaving WWF, going and signing a contract with WCW. So they can't wrap up whatever the storyline was supposed to be in ECW with Rick Rude and Shane Douglas. Okay. But this is now Shane as the de facto babyface because it's in his hometown. And uh, we're going to play the closing moments of this match.
3: As hammering Bam Bam Bigelow, he slid through. Belly to belly suplex.
0: Douglas on club. Yeah, I was going to say a little bit of a fast count there. Franchise. So, you know, and Shane would go on to hold the title for like almost another year. But I say this is like the last great moment. So this is the top of the card stuff in ECW. And you're you're talking to no more dyed-in-the-wool ECW, zombie, mark, whatever you want to call me at that time, right? Mm -hmm. But the rest of the card, okay? You have um, Sabu versus the Sandman in a tables and ladders match that, based on their previous uh outing this match had to be pre-taped because it was so bad and they didn't want to put it on tv with as many flubs in it okay uh taz who was the tv champion still defended against pitbull 2 pitbull 2 who was being managed by lance wright who was like the former like hype central guy in ecw left to go to the wwf in like 96 and came back to ecw well, Lance Wright has his bodyguard with him, Brachus. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Brawl and, for all, alum Yes. This was pre-Brawl for all Brachus. This was when he was just like, the, if you remember the early Brachus promos, they would just show like him from the waist up in smoke. He would say a bunch of stuff in German and then like the name of another wrestler. And then it would say Brachus coming soon. And then like, That was mid-97 they would play those promos. And then he never has a match on TV. He was doing house shows in, like, 96. Um, And then Brawl for All happens in 98, and that's, like, really his only time, actually, on WFTV. Um, The 90s version of Veer. Yes. Uh, And then we have a Rob Van Dam versus Tommy Dreamer match in a Loser Waves the Flag ECW versus WWF match because the tandem of Rob Van Dam, Sabu and Bill Alfonso and tangentially the Dudleys were all representing the WWF in ECW for some reason.
1: I don't remember the Dudleys doing that, but I remember, you know, the other three.
0: Well, the Dudleys had laid out Dreamer and then RVD and Sabu buried Tommy Dreamer under the WWF flag. Okay. Sounds great so far. Right, (laughs) right, exactly. So I say that the moment with Shane and like there was brief moments, uh, but this was kind of like the beginning of the end for ECW. Oh, and then this pay-per-view also in a backstage segment is the debut of Al Snow with head. Al Snow had been in ecw for a little bit just incredible you know aldo montoya whatever like a bunch of guys like that that were under wf contract that they had nothing to do with were sent down to ecw to work gimmicks or whatever it was there you know and this was the beginning this was the debut of al snow doing head at this (laughs) pay-per-view
1: doing head yeah he used to just come show up in the new rockers
0: gear so it was right around this time he actually got like
1: new new gear you
0: know yes he had he all had like the right. like the job squad shirt and head and all like the crazy person gimmick in the back. Um, you know, it was supposed to be heel at first and then it just kinda took off, you know?
1: Yeah. And I can argue that, you know, all of like Al Snow's big match entrances with the crowd having the foam heads, those were good ECW moments too, you know?
0: Yeah, but like it it the magic was gone. Yeah. Like WWE had been helping ECW for at least two or three years at this point. But by this point, it was like blatantly obvious mm-hmm. that even like the most died-in-the-wool ECW dumb mark, me, had <laughs> to be like, how can E how could WWE be like WWF be the evil empire and all this other stuff when they're sending all these guys down here? It's very clear that they're helping out ECW. I'm like has this been going on the whole time? And then, like, we would learn years later that yes, they were, and then Paul just lied about it, of course.
2: Yeah,
1: and like RVD was doing double duty; he was showing up in WWE wrestling every once in a while too. You know?
0: Yeah. So no. So like, this was this was well after because Rob as Mister Monday Night on Raw was May to August of ninety seven. So this is like a year, like a year and a half after all of that. Okay. 'Cause like R V D comes in as Mr. Monday night, he's aligned with Jerry Lawler, and then like he has like two matches on Raw, and then him and Lawler have a tag match against the headbangers on an episode of Shotgun Saturday night. And then the it, next
1: <laughs> go ahead. I was just gonna say it all blur like I thought this was all one storyline. No. <laughs> I didn't realize they went back to the well twice with, you know, R V D and company being WWE guys, you no. know. It's, okay.
0: it, well, you know what? Actually, so right, so it is all one storyline, but this goes back to April. So it was April. Of, this was this was November of ninety-seven. I say a year and a half ago. It's like six months prior. Like RVD has not been mentioned on WFTV since like July. Okay. But this is like. W- like Lawler's coming in the August pay-per-view when we talked about it that like Sonny comes in and Jake Roberts comes in and Dreamer as the match with Lawler and the August pay-per-view is when Al Snow debuts and Just Incredible debuts like the next set of shows so like it was like very clear you know that like WWF was like still helping them after like whatever the storyline was over but like even when like earlier in the year when they had ECW matches on Monday Night Raw Stupid me, I didn't realize what was going on, you know?
1: Did it bother you when you figured it out? (sighs) Because I didn't care, you know? Like, I loved ECW, so I wanted them to succeed or survive, so I was like, I don't care, be a whore, take the money. (laughs) When, When you
0: prop yourself up as the alternative, and that, you know, you're, like, WWE's the evil empire, and, you know... And you paint this picture that you're not them and you're against them and you're everything opposite of what they stand for. And, like, in, you know, like when WWE was not great in late 94, early 95, and in 96, and ECW didn't have as much as a blatant helping hand from WWF, it was okay. But at this point, like, there's so many WWF cast off guys. Like I said, like, what was Aldo Montoya doing in 97, right? Mm-hmm. What was Al Snow doing, like Leif Cassidy doing in 1997? And what was Brockus doing in 1997? These were guys that, like, were nobodies. And then they all of a sudden they come into ECW and they're pushed as, like, big threats. Or, you know, like, I, I, I forget where it happens, but. There's a match where they have just incredible beat the great Sasuke and like lay him out and take his mask and the whole thing, and I'm like, that's Aldo Montoya, you know, like yeah. you know,
1: like, it's the Portuguese Man of War. Put some respect on that.
0: Yeah, like I don't. <laughs> and again, it was just it, it. It felt as though like their deal with WWE was no longer like favoring them. It was more so favoring WWE.
1: No, I get you. You know, yeah. I mean, they're getting. F- more or less free access to talent that they wouldn't otherwise have. And you have WWE benefits in that, you know, they go down there. It's kind of like NXT. They get a, a fresh uh, coat of paints and then they can come back to the main roster, you know? So I think it was a mutually beneficial thing, but it never bothered me, I guess. Yeah. I
0: I think the hotter WWE got and the less hot ECW got, I think it started to bother me a little bit, but I was watching like WWE was hot, man, you know? And, I watched I found ECW because WWE wasn't hot. I was still watching it, but and this yeah. is like
1: just slightly off topic but on topic, when does their deal with TNN start? Like how far away are we from that? We're about another year. Okay, cuz I feel like that's when I lost touch with ECW. For whatever uh-huh. reason I either didn't have TNN or just maybe I just didn't care for a little while, but that's when I kind of left.
0: It wasn't the best time slot. It was Friday nights, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then hardcore TV, which is what like the main show used to be, was now on like Saturdays at a weird time because Sports Channel Philadelphia was no longer happening. You had to have like MSG or something like that to catch it. And then if there was something going on on MSG, like a fl- like a uh, what would be the, a Rangers game or something, like ECW would get like moved later or preempted or shit.
1: Yeah, it could have been so, a random, like, Division two basketball game, too. Right. Sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah. All right. All right, so that was 26 years ago. 25 years ago, we got our head-to-head Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro. Now, listen, it, it, Raw's firing on all cylinders. What am I going to do? Play great segments? Fun <laughs> segments? Story, like, episode-long like episode story arcs with The Rock and Mankind or... St- episode-long story arcs with Kane and Stone Cold um, beating up Paul... trying to hunt down Paul Bear because the Undertaker's not there. Am I going to play, like, weird oddball segments where, because Regal had to go to rehab, they replace him in the angle with Godfather with Val Venus? No. Again, this is stuff I think everybody remembers, but there are some key moments that I want to bring up, right? All right. So, Austin's Looking for The Undertaker. He's looking for Paul Bear, And he's just walking backstage. Oh! <laughs> hey, you
3: see the Undertaker No, no, i had it. We'll okay.
1: Damn right. Oh, respectfully.
0: <laughs> Again, <laughs> that is the television debut as an on screen character of Stephanie McMahon.
1: Yeah, how about that?
0: Um, And it was one of those things, and it's very popular in the lore, um, that independently of each other, after seeing this segment get filmed or whatever it was, both Jim Cornette and Vince Russo went to Vince and said, we got to make her part of the show
1: that's what i was gonna ask like was this just hey steffi you want to just a random cameo or was it like pre-planned this is going to be the first time that anybody sees you but it's going to eventually lead to x
0: it was supposed to just be a random one-off and okay. because you know jim Cornette was so one way and vince russo was so the other way that the fact that like this was the one thing that they could agree upon it's amazing what unifies people yeah <laughs> It certainly is. Yeah. All Um, right. How about it? And again, this is 25 years ago. It's a different time. Wrestling's super hot, right? Mm -hmm. Um. There's a thing that they used to publish back then called the TV Guide. Oh, okay. I don't know if you
1: you remember that. I remember, remember, uh, like, the episode of Seinfeld where somebody makes a bouquet out of one.
0: Right. (laughs) So this year because both WWE and WCW are hot, they did two WWF covers for the TV guide and they did two WCW covers for the gu- for the TV guide Now, God forbid WCW mention any sort of uh, outside publications that they or publicity that they get but obviously WWE bad or good, they're gonna mention it on their show right mm-hmm. We're back
4: live on Raw, everybody, and don't forget that today the the uh, signature covers with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, on TV Guide went on sale. Now, they might be sold out, and if so, <laughs> you may have to be forced to the selection of the, the recent retiree, Hulk Hogan, or the Stone Cold Steve Austin wannabe, <laughs> Goldberg. Uh, but Stone Cold and The Undertaker <laughs> on those
0: signature collector's covers on TV Guide. So, the next year, when TV Guide des- decides to do this again... It was just four WWF covers.
1: <laughs> yeah, you think?
0: It w- I, and it was Austin, Rock, Sable, and Mankind.
1: That's why I was just going to say I had the Mankind one, and I'm I want to say with sixty percent confidence I still have it.
0: I I one hundred percent confident still have my Mankind uh, TV guide down in my basement.
1: Uh, mine, mine was bagged and boarded, so I don't know. <laughs> I, think I took good care of it. If I still have it, uh, that that's our homework assignment. In addition to anything else we do for the Patreon, see if we can find our TV guides.
0: I, I was going to say I know right where mine is. They, they, oh. at the time they had like a like a lunchbox of all the characters. I have a Mankind lunchbox Correct. that I have the Lucy Jacks, um, you know, Mankind Dude Love and Cactus Jack in. Uh, I have, like, uh, a buddy of mine made, like, uh, figure-sized barbed wire to wrap around the bat that Cactus Jack came with. Uh, I probably have the Socko that came with the Mr. Socko shirt. Um, And, like, a bunch of other, like, the Mankind Mick Foley stuff along with that TV guide in that lunchbox down in my basement.
1: All right. See, I... I, If mine still exists, it's in my toy room in the closet, but... I have a lot of stuff in front of that closet, so it might be a project to get to it. There's some shelving in front of it, but uh, I didn't keep a lot of my wrestling stuff from back in the day. I've said on the podcast before, there was a neighbor that was just getting into wrestling, and I was like, here, kid, here's a stack of... like." like an entire eight year run of pro wrestling illustrated and WWE magazine and WCW magazine. I'm like, here, I don't want it. (laughs) You know? So I wish I'd kept some of that stuff.
0: Yeah. I, I had runs. I had from like 88 to probably 95 of WF magazine. Whenever the WCW magazine came out, I had the full runs of those PWI. And then like whatever assorted like poster book or superstars book. Or whatever. And mm. once I was like, like once it was like 94, 95, like 95 and a 95 and a 96. And I had graduated from high school and I gave them all to my cousin who was like, he was still into wrestling. I was into wrestling. He probably threw them all out, you know, but yeah. I kick myself and I wish I kept all of that stuff.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. And I just saw an opportunity that is going Ooh. on, uh, uh, in the collecting world that CGC is now accepting pro wrestling illustrated. Because oh. they don't just accept every magazine. Originally, they just took uh, like Sports Illustrated and Playboy, and then they were like, "Okay, we're going to do Nintendo Power." All right, now we're going to do WWF Magazine. Like they slowly introduce things to what they'll accept. But PWI is now something they accept. So I've been seeing a lot of the books that I got when I first started collecting uh, magazines, or when I first started buying magazines, uh, and a lot of them are popping up CGC. I'm like, oh, don't you don't you do this to me? <laughs>
0: I, I will say though there's no way any of mine would have been worth money whether it be the wf magazines that had because i had a subscription like you remember where they would put like the white label on it you know oh yeah yeah oh so, i right. like mine
1: were red to death and yeah like, i wasn't taking good care of them and a lot of the ones that i'm seeing online are like cgc sevens that are like 30 bucks god gotcha. so like i might do that if i can like figure out what my first issue was you know mm-hmm.
0: For sure. Now uh, over on really? over on WCW, you know they talked about over on. They gave them a plug on Raw. They said go get the TV guy that has recent retiree Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin wannabe Goldberg. And the match is set for Starcade coming up. Goldberg putting the title on the line against Kevin Nash. And somebody please correct me. I think this is the first time in Nitro history that they ever did an in-ring contract signing.
1: Let's, I wouldn't doubt it. like I don't remember that being a trope of WCW at all. you know it,
0: it was very much a WF trope. so it was very odd to see this pop up for WCW Nitro at the time. let Let's see how uh, this contract signing goes between Goldberg and Kevin Nash.
4: I'm sure this document fun. will represent the meeting of these two men at Starcade. On December the 27th, 1998, in Washington, D.C., representing the championship committee, Terry Taylor, Ooh. eyewitness <laughs> the proceedings tonight. First of all, challenger Kevin Nash, if you would be kind enough to sign this contract.
0: It has been dated. I always forget that Kevin Nash is a lefty. to a southpaw.
4: All right. Uh, would you be kind enough to also sign... The second copy of that thank you. This document clearly states that this man Goldberg will not defend the WCW heavyweight title between tonight and Sunday December the 27th of this year to ensure that the title will be on the line and available a match of this magnitude very important. This copy also yes Here we go and these will be filed. I thank you very much. To your it's initial
1: here. It's
4: official
0: here. <laughs> Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. It's very bureaucratic. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kevin Nash appeared to be on some sort of hallucinogens, possibly. He's just having fun. Right. Uh, but, again, big night for the Wolf Pack. Of course, Kevin Nash gets the uh, the signing of the contract. Um, but in other contract news, it was uh, at the previous week's Thunder. Where Chris Jericho, the current television champion, had informed Eric Bischoff that he would be opting not to renew his WCW contract, which still had another six months left on it uh, and would be pursuing his options elsewhere. Uh, Jericho on this episode of Nitro is now booked against Conan, who's a member of the Wolfpack. Uh, let's see let's see how this turns out for uh, young Chris Jericho.
3: For you, here on TNT, waistline corn roll that time, Jericho did not stay down, he's going for the line
0: table! Again, he's the heel, listen to the reaction. Look (laughs) at
3: Conan trying to fight him off. He's trying to hold on to his ankles to keep Jericho from turning over, He turned over, he's close to the ropes. And the ropes will call for the break, and that was great maneuvering that time by Conan.
0: But I, I love when he, he the match. Oh, Yeah. Well, the, the celebration. that? should have been a disqualification.
1: Covers, mm-hmm. and well, Jericho dropped the belt. wins it. I <laughs> got the crowd is just the happy to see something happen. This on the the
3: opportunity of a
1: lifetime and- once they're on their ride home, once they're on their ride home. Television championship. earned every that one. There it is. The new owner of the gold.
3: The new world television champion. Member, yes. of the red and the black. The Wolfpack is K-Dog, and they're celebrating here at the middle Comes out. There's Kevin Nash. Big sexy. They're at the celebration of Codad. That was a gutsy win by a fine athlete from the Wolfpack. It
0: was a good match. A gutsy win. He cheated. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, Jericho transitions into a feud with Saturn. He loses that feud to Saturn. He loses in the U.S. title tournament to Scott Steiner in March. And that's pretty much his last TV match.
1: And then, like, no TV time as far as, like, promos or anything like that and either, the, right?
0: A little bit in the Saturn feud, but that's just mostly January into February.
1: Uh, so our time of seeing classic WCW Jericho stuff has come to an end.
0: It's, it's like I said, there's a, there's a couple glimpses in the Saturn feud because there's a bit where they have the, I don't know if you, and again, I don't want to spoil too much of it. But uh they wrestle in a loser wears a dress match. Yep. <laughs> and Jericho has Ralphus model some of the dresses that Saturn could be wearing. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'm get there. We're not done with Jericho, but this is like the beginning of the end.
1: Yeah. I wish somebody what's the line? I wish we knew when the good times were when we were in the good
0: times. <laughs> yeah. yep. Yeah. Uh but again, we're we're one One thing ends or begins to end. Another thing is continuing. Uh, We have a scheduled match on Nitro here of the Armstrongs. Scott and Steve Armstrong taking on the the Outrunners. No, stop it. (laughs) Taking on the team of Canyon and somehow even sadder Scotty Flamingo himself. Raven. Oh, poor guy.
3: It's shaping up to be one of our most exciting in a long, long, long time. Stick right with us. Good
2: to Not everybody here. needs power up in the United States, States.
3: States, up in Canada, or around the world. We're going to try to wake up Raven here for his tag team match. Well, I think the Armstrongs will wake up Raven, and they're doing their best to break the family curse. And uh, it's going to be an interesting match up here. Canyon uh, is tremendous inside that ring, but the Armstrong brothers are good. I mean, on paper they should have a tremendous win-loss record i think it's just the curse that holds them back all right bell is sounded uh, canyon did usually picks up the microphone but had nothing to say here and uh, raven's not moved the bell is sounded if he's going to be his tag team partner he needs to get on the other side ken is trying to talk to him Let's listen
5: in. Stop. 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 Little problem, stop. You gotta leave it
3: in the back. Oh, poor guy. What about me? What about
4: Raven? Affection was
3: the commodity. And my mother didn't deal in
5: Yeah, 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 we know. We know all about it, yada, yada, yada.
3: It's been the same song and dance for two years now, Raven. Been the same thing. We know, you're acting just like a man-child. The problem is, yeah, you had a hard childhood. Who didn't? You blame your mom. Your mommy didn't treat you good. Get over it. Nobody loved you. Nobody loved you. Armstrongs won't love them. Not at all. The Armstrongs, the bell had sounded, and they, by all rights,
0: can start
1: this match, and here they go,
2: double-teaming Kenya now. Ash,
0: and Ashley really is, is Still wearing his Lance Cassidy, Cassidy came, tights from his <laughs> <in the laughs> <the laughs> brief stint to the WF in 1991. Front suplex there
1: by Steve need to get new <laughs> gear if <wrestling. laughs> <Yes>. you, <know, laughs> like you know, Like, you know, once uh, every six months on TV. Parties,
3: uh, don't work in professional wrestling. Raven just can't keep sitting there. I mean, he can. But it's not going to help Canyon. This is a one-man sit-in in a tag team match by Raven, and now Canyon, who is, uh, more
0: has people loads need to of steal Canyon stuff.
3: and, holds, and yeah. is truly one of the innovators of offense. Has to do it alone here. Canyon, very tricky man to wrestle. Oh, he's going to help. Nice, well, he's, well, he's, he's getting, getting up. Face to face.
0: The Jay Lee and Human shirt is a uh, Raven. No, oh, okay, Marvel Knights. Yes, yeah. I've never
3: seen anyone oh, so going? self-centered, so spoiled in my life.
0: I mean, the steal money at, at this point, Raven. Yes. get over it.
3: <laughs> be your own man. Meanwhile, you dicks. All right, Steve
0: Armstrong. So you're going to be surprised to learn that uh, Canyon loses a two-on-one affair against the Armstrong brothers, but all this is building up to something with Raven. that's the most important thing and again where the Jericho stuff was great and it ended up getting Jericho over but almost like more as like a baby face when he was supposed to be a heel Um, this stuff very clearly positioning Raven as a heel as a whiny heel you know so on and so forth but then he ends up showing so much uh, pizzazz and charisma in the (laughs) stuff that would come in the next like month or two it ends up turning him face
1: yeah. All right. All right. Well, at least uh, one door closes in Jericho, and another one opens in Raven, right?
0: Yeah. And like at the time, like in WCW, they were my two favorite guys. So mm-hmm. like one was on the come up, the other one was whatever. Now Jericho's d- going down, and Raven's going to be back on the come up. You know, I'm like even Steven here, right?
2: <laughs> yep. <sighs> All right.
0: So. Is that it for hey, yeah, that's it for this day. Like I said, not a ton of clips, a lot of discussion, though, you know? All right. Um, so, hey, where would you like to uh, begin talking about uh, the last week in professional wrestling? I know usually I jump right in here, but I'm going to let you go first this time.
1: I'll uh, well, hold on. I wasn't prepared to start uh, to go first. Uh, I guess I will start talking about I watched very little bits <laughs> of a WWE premium live event, Joe.
0: Oh, there was a premium live event on Saturday. Yes,
1: there was. I uh, was watching uh, Doctor Who with uh, not your co-host, somebody else. And we got done watching that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure War Games is on right now. And I jumped on Twitter just to see if anything big happened. And it looked like the the War Games match proper, the men's one, was about to start. So I'm like, okay, I'll pop this on and I'll watch that. And... Didn't like the match. I like these War Games matches without blood, with just WWE levels of plunder. Very bored by them. But I did get to see the triumphant return of the scary snake man, Randy Orton. And I've always said, Orton is not my guy. Orton will never be my guy. But obviously I listened to Final Wrestling Place, Tim and Marcus. They're big Randy Orton guys. So they're excited to see Orton back. So I'm excited for them. And I'm like, OK, I will kind of reserve judgment on the return of Randy Orton because he he looks like a man who's eaten a lot of chicken and rice over the last couple months, you know, looking in great shape. Uh, so I'm like, OK, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll see what happens with Orton. But listening to Tim and Marcus, they talk about the possibility of Orton winning the Rumble and then facing Roman at Mania. And I immediately had to basically say, it's okay, Adam. It's not going to happen. Don't worry. Those mean men won't hurt you with their terrible booking. I cannot imagine anything less appealing than having Randy Orton in 2023 win the damn Royal Rumble. So I'm happy he's back. And you can have him. Let him beat Seth for a title somewhere. I don't care. But keep him out of the main event of Rumble, uh, Mania. Do not let him win the Rumble. I'm sure there's somebody else more more desirable that can win the Rumble than Randy Orton, but I'm happy he's back for my friends who like Randy Orton.
0: I will I will very um, publicly admit that I did not get Randy Orton get Randy Orton um, until, oh my goodness, let's say like 2011, 2012. Uh, You know, he had that really good match with Mick Foley, but I'm like, well, that's Mick Foley. This is not the first time and it won't be the last time that World Wrestling Entertainment uses Mick Foley to get somebody else that they want to push over. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like 2011 into 12 where like Randy's really started coming into his own. He had this the program with Christian that was really good. He started to kind of like show a little bit more like personality instead of being like you know, whatever the hell he was supposed to be. Um, and, and they telegraphed it. They did, like, a story, a show-long storyline that, like, Randy's not there. The other people on the team have a history with Randy. They don't trust him. Cody's like, you gotta trust me. And the whole gimmick was, like, you're gonna have a guy return. And what? He, unless he's the first guy in the War Games, what's he gonna do? Like, you're gonna have him come out for his pop, to his music, yeah. and then he just stands in a cage at the back of the thing for 25 minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the one thing that I will say, like I said, Randy Wharton's not my guy for sure, but I get it. I I don't hate Randy Wharton like I would have, say, pre-2011. Tim and Marcus have a lot of opinions in regards to professional wrestling. Um, The ones they speak into a microphone, not so great. The (laughs) ones that are in the DMs, maybe a lot better. Um, There's not a chance in hell Randy's winning the Royal Rumble. Thank Um, you. But... You're going to get you are going to get a pay-per-view between now and WrestleMania, but not WrestleMania, where the main event is Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns.
1: Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with feeding Randy Orton to Roman, you know, at some point, like not at Mania, like you said, and I doubt it would be elimination chamber. I don't know, but that's fine for him to be a notch on Roman's belt, you know, Mm. And and even let it be like, oh, my God, he might actually win this one, but then have him not, you know.
0: And I'll say this, uh, there was a Randy Orton in his time off has eaten the best chicken Mm -hmm. and the purest rice (laughs) that money could buy.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I'm sitting here and I don't want to derail this point or belabor this point, but like I'm thinking that like Orton, in my opinion, is the least memorable part of just about everything he's ever been involved with. And, like, you mentioned him against Cactus, like, or, you know, Mick. Like, Mick is the more memorable person in that match. Like, he took the better bombs. He's the person that you remember from that storyline. Like, you go back to the OVW class that Orton was in. Like, Cena, Batista, Lesnar. You're going to tell me you're going to take Orton over any of them? Even, like, Evolution. Like, I'll, I'll take Batista or, you know, or Flair, Triple H, Legacy. Uh, Okay. yes, at the time it was Orton's thing, but like Cody in 2023 is way over, way more over than Orton ever was. Sure. And like the last big solo feud for Orton was against the Fiend. And like everybody remembers Burt Fiend and everybody remembers Oil Leak Alexa, but nobody
0: remembers that Orton was there, you know. No, now I I will. I, I do have to stay. I have to correct you. Mm -hmm. Because Orton's last big feud was actually against Edge, where they had the the prior to the match happening, advertised greatest match of all time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay, you got me there. And I was going to say, like, and the last time he was on TV was in RK-Bro. And, like, obviously, off-screen stuff aside, like, if you know nothing about anything and you're watching that, like, Riddle's the more entertaining one of the two. You know, so, like, he's, in my mind, he's a bigger, way less charismatic version of The Miz. Like, when it comes to, like, WWE. And that's fine. There's a place for The Miz. There's a place for Randy Orton. But let's not put Orton in this upper echelon of, like, your your Rocks and your Hogan's and your, your Mr. Hitman's and your Shawn Michaels, you know?
0: I agree with you, but I don't feel as strongly about it as you do because... Younger folks, and again, Tim and Marcus are younger than me. At least I don't know how old you are. Um, maybe
1: by a couple, but they're like a week or two younger to me. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> but like my four year, like my four year old nephew watches wrestling. Like he liked Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, and he watched the pay per view this past. You know, he watched it Sunday morning. Like he wasn't staying up late, but he likes Randy Orton. Like. There's something about him. He don't, Like, his his uh, his other cousin, who's a little bit older, likes Cody. He, as a four- or five-year-old, likes Randy Orton. There's just something about him. The way that he's presented on TV, I can understand why people would put him in that upper echelon, as you say, of a, a rock or a uh, stone-cold. Like, and again, if, you know, they're the A's, A-pluses, say, hey, Randy's like an A-minus, you know, it's a really good grade.
1: Then, then you're putting uh, hundreds of people in the A class then. I am. Yeah.
0: All right. Fair enough. We're talking about the <laughs> history of World Wrestling Entertainment, but yes.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. If, if a couple hundred people could be an A, I'm 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 willing to put Randy Orton as an A minus.
0: Okay. You know?
1: But. All right. That was my first thing. What do you got, Joe?
0: I thought Max's in-the-ring promo on AEW this week was really, really good. I agree. Uh, we could split hairs on the post-promo stuff with the devil and his cronies and the technical issues. We could split hairs on, like, we're now learning about MJF's fifth all-time favorite childhood wrestler, Samoa Joe. <laughs> the delivery was good. the The content was good. The connection with the fans was good. No stupid catchphrases, no getting distracted, no bullshit like that. And it sets up a thing for next week that it's going to be Max and Joe. Joe doesn't want Max to be wrestling. He wants him in tip-top pristine shape for the pay-per-view at the end of December. Taking on the devil and someone else? Two of the devil's goons? I don't know. I think we're two weeks past. Them writing off this devil storyline and just dusting their hands and moving on to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I—I no, oh, I, I guess we're we're in this situation of where we have no choice but to let it play out at this point.
1: No, I agree with that. And I agree. Like, I loved all of the MJF promo. I thought, it, like you said, it was concise. It didn't ramble. It didn't have any hokey stuff or any silly nicknames. It put over Samoa Joe as an absolute killer. You know, and Max got a couple, like, arrogant lines in there. But at the end of the day, you believed that Max believes that Samoa Joe could beat him. You know, And that's, like, all,
0: and that's, and that's
1: all that promo needed to do. Exactly. And it's unfortunate because we don't know what the actual vision like the real vision would have been if the devil stuff was executed right like i thought my youtube tv froze for a little bit or i lost the feed because they went to a black screen for a while and then i fast forwarded and i overshot it and i'm like what was there text on the screen and i had to go back uh so that was very awkward and uh, i'm sad people people have already made the jokes online and beat me to it because i uh, when i was watching that i immediately wrote down aces and eights and retribution because it's like obviously uh, a poor man's version of that, but I just hope Samoa Joe wins the title at uh, whatever the tw- December 29th show is. Uh, that way, at least if they're going to keep doing the devil stuff, which I'm fine with, it's not tying up the world title picture, and nobody, hopefully nobody out there would be like, Samoa Joe shouldn't be champion because Samoa is a goddamn god of wrestling.
0: Samoa Joe should have beat Max for the title, the night, the Nitro. Jesus Christ! Again, the-, <laughs> the idea is what we're talking about. The dynamite after the last pay per view should have just blown yeah. it off. There, move Joe up. Let, let that's your one A program of Joe as the champ. Your one B program at the top could still be Max as your main event babyface, still dealing with all the devil stuff. And I really think whether he's supposed to be the devil or not, Cole getting injured kind of put a hamper on a lot of that.
1: Yeah. And it builds in a perfect out. You can just say, how much has Max has been wrestling his ass off, doing double duty all these last couple months? And yeah, he can break the cane over his knee, but like, how healed up is he? And like, there's only so much, you know, believability that like Samoa Joe is 100% and he's a goddamn killer. Max is 60% and he's run ragged. Just let him lose the belt. He's not going to lose any momentum.
0: They are booking Max as a babyface champion in 2023 like WCW booked Sting as the babyface champion in 1991. Max is not Sting. They're both top babyfaces, but they're different kind of babyfaces. Sting had like Sting's first program as the World Champion in 1991 was the Black Scorpion, which has a lot of Illusions and look and feel and everything else to the devil nonsense.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the next thing is what they took off when Sting was the U.S. champ and he's feuding with Rick Root a l- year later. That was the whole angle that they did to the pay per view where he gets injured, he's taken out, and he takes the ambulance back and everything else like that. And that's a fine way to book your babyface champion, but there's different kind of babyface champions. Max is not 1991 92 Sting. Sting is is not 2023 MJF let's figure it out let's get the direction back on track um you know this is a lot of discussion that came up I'm just gonna pin this one in here real quick as well and I'm not gonna get into all the rumor and bullshit and innuendo and everything else like that that has come out in regards to this I'm just gonna say from the statement that this person put out which is QT Marshall is leaving AEW, when his contract is up at the beginning of the year, he's riding it out until the end of 2023, and then 2024 he's gone, right? Oh no, don't go. Okay, (laughs) so whatever your opinion of QT Marshall is as an in-ring performer is, is, I get you, but he was a trainer, he was a coach, he was an agent, he helped a lot of people backstage, he helped the show run on time, he... You know, obviously came in under the Cody regime and with, you know, and we're going to get to it in a couple weeks here. But like we're at the two year we're coming up on the two year anniversary of Cody's last AEW match. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like that's right around the corner. Did you say two years? Two years. Actually. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cause right. It just doesn't
1: feel like it. But yeah, he missed all that time. But go ahead. Right.
0: So, um. Again, in-ring, I thought they tried everything they possibly could with QT Marshall, and he just didn't connect. Um, he he took up When Max turned on Cody, QT was the one who was Cody's right-hand man. And then QT turns on Cody, and then he's got the Nightmare Factory people with him. They give QT gifted the diamond cutter from Diamond Dallas Page. He gets the big brawl with Cody where they fight on top of the bus. He then gets a feud with the Big Show. He then gets another stable with the QTV people. They send him to Mexico where they give him, you know, one of the titles in AAA where he gets to have that crazy good match with uh, Pentagon. They even gave him at one point the bunny,
1: just randomly. He was dating right. the bunny.
0: <laughs> they tried everything to get QT Marshall to connect, and there was just something about it that didn't connect. I'm not going to miss him as an on-ring, in-ring performer, but I definitely think you're going to see a lot of things change with him being gone. I hope it's for the better. But this is what a lot of people's complaint about AEW is and has been, is they tout themselves as the challenger brand and this is not a thought that's original this is a thought that a lot of people have said online have said for the last couple of weeks but i'm saying it here again it's great when you position yourself as the challenger brand when the top brand isn't that great or has some negative stigma or whatever mm-hmm. but in the last like year wb's been kicking ass Right? You may not like its production. You may not watch the show, but you cannot argue with the results and the sold out houses and our inability to get comps to shows. <laughs> yeah, because you're selling out, there's no comps, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas Aew seems to have lost their identity. They've lost their identity from when they first started four years ago. They've lost their identity from where they were two years ago. They've lost their identity from where they were a year ago. And we could point fingers at who's to blame. But nothing gets solved at looking at how we got here. What gets solved is how we get back to where we were. And that's what I think AEW really needs to do. I thought TV this week, and again, you can't just do it as a ripping off the Band-Aid and just all of a sudden, you know, I'm doing the Zandig pose here and say we're taking it back to 2019, motherfuckers, right? Mm. There's stuff in place that you need to wrap up and move along and get back to it. And I think one of it is... You know, they've been doing the promos of, like, the pre- and post-match interviews, mostly the post-match interviews, with the people in the Continental Classics. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, they should play these on TV. And then they end up do playing them on TV. Um, I think that helps. I know Tony Schiavone has been pushing for the event center thing that they do uh, to be on TV. I hope that gets there eventually, like, a much shorter version, like, the event center that is on YouTube. um, Like, on Wednesdays and on Saturdays, is usually, like, a eight to ten minute thing but you could like old school WCW like two minute that for TV presentation
1: yeah Um, maybe do uh, like have Big Bang Theory end two minutes earlier and just have that come on right before the hour
0: Right, you know there's got to be a way to do it Um, but I I really want AEW to get back on track Um, you know there might be discussions about this later um, with like the two camps of people within like AEW and WWE fandom. Mm -hmm. And I'm in neither one of those camps. Uh, I'm in the Orange Cassidy camp. I'm in the Eddie Kingston camp. I'm in the Claudio Castagnoli camp. Uh, I'm in the Wheeler Uta camp. I'm in the Bryce Remsburg camp. I'm in the Ethan Page camp, if I didn't mention this. These are people that I consider friends or that I saw rise up from the bottom to the top. And I want them to still have a place to go. And I, it's not like I think like, oh, well, all these things are happening. AEW is going out of business, not going out of business, but I really want to see them write the ship return and like become that challenger brand that they claim they are.
2: Mm mm-hmm.
1: Okay. No, I agree with you 100%. And uh, my, my next thing, I was going to do a deep dive into the fact that both uh, Alexa Bliss and Tay Mello both had their babies, so <laughs> so nature is, is healing now, and we can go back to the way things are supposed to be. Uh, but for the interest of time, uh, my other thing I was going to talk about, I just want to mention, I was not fully invested in the C2, the Continental Classic. Until this past week, uh, number one, the Eddie Kingston versus Brody King match. Yes. And just the physicality of that match and seeing Eddie lose and his post-match promo. Maybe he got a little too overconfident and he's got to be humble in defeats and humble in victory. Like I thought that was all amazing. And then last night on Dynamite, the Swerve versus Switchblade match. Uh, I, again, I'm a super mark for Swerve. I always will be because he's the goddamn coolest, but that match was amazing. I thought that was going to a draw. I was very surprised, but like pleasantly surprised that they they had Switchblade get the win there. Uh, so I'm not going to be a fan of the like, seeing Jay Lethal in there, nothing against him, but like I just don't want to watch his matches. And there's some other people that I'm, I could take or leave, but uh, when they put up marquee matches like this that you might not otherwise get, just because they might not cross paths in the storyline, this is something that could write the ship for AEW.
0: Yeah, it's definitely um it's definitely course correction. You mentioned those matches, like don't sleep on the Claudio versus Daniel Garcia match that was on collision. Uh the Roosh versus Mark Briscoe match, like they just decided like we're just gonna go out here and beat the hell out of each other for real for eight and a half minutes. Right. And and that's, you know, as much as I like people doing holds and as much as I like people bleeding and killing each other, I I like people just beating the shit out of each other, like really slapping each other and, you know, putting a little mustard on their stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I have one other thing. Uh, I don't know if you wanted me to go or.
0: Is it the last thing or is there one more thing before the last thing?
1: This is my last thing. And I figured this is probably like one of the bigger things.
0: All right. Uh, I'm going to – I
1: figure. We'll, let's go ahead and just talk about it. We tiptoed around it prior to the show, but we're going to talk about one of the most polarizing wrestlers in the world. Uh, you will either love him or you love to hate him. Uh, he is the biggest acquisition in the recent history of the WWE and a crucial blow to AEW in my opinion. Uh, Joe, go ahead and hit the button.
2: The Lexus moment of the week.
1: That's right, Joe. It's time to talk about Lexus King. He had a big week this week,
0: Joe. I have to relabel that clip.
1: <laughs> he had a big week this week, Joe. Uh, sorry. So, people that... Uh, again, I had to look at the uh, the little Chiron in the bottom of the screen, but uh, Briggs, Jensen, and Fallon, who I have been assured are real people in NXT, they're backstage. They're talking about... like. They were, like, put over by some legends. Uh, Like, I don't know. There's a bunch of, like, WWE Hall of Famers that are showing up at NXT and just saying, hey, this person's cool. Whatever. I don't care. And then Lexus King, who's nearly a foot and a half tall, or a foot and a half shorter than both Briggs and Jensen, he comes in. He calls them my friend, like, three times. Uh, He hits on Fallon, and she literally says, ew.
0: (laughs) Which is the correct reaction.
1: Exactly. Uh, So, like, eventually Lexus is challenged For a match later on the show by Brooks Jensen. And that should have been the main event, but it wasn't. It was the semi-main. And then, if you thought this was all the Lexus King you were gonna get Joe, they had like something I guess is called NXT Anonymous. Uh, which is like a GTV type of thing. And it shows surveillance video of Lexus King potentially being the person who attacked Trick Williams a couple weeks ago in a loading area. And I will say that there hasn't been a secret camera hidden this well around the NXT roster since Velveteen Dream left the company. There Um, you go. So we uh, go on to the match. Lexus King versus Brooks Jensen. And Joe, I counted, and I do apologize when they went to picture-in-picture, I stopped watching, so this count does not have uh, what was in the little picture-in-picture thing. But for full screen, Lexus King's offense, because I kept track, was one punch, two kicks, one knee, one elbow, a sloppy clothesline, and a chin lock. That was his entire offense. I am not skipping anything. Uh, and then Carmelo Hayes comes out and inadvertently leads to a distraction. King hits his finisher, which is some kind of weird crossroads DDT. He gets the win, and Booker T goes, wow. And this has been your Alexis King moment of the week.
4: Come
0: on. <laughs> oh, no, it won't play because I changed the name of it. All right. Uh. I'm just take my word I'm playing it again, right? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs>
1: I told Joe that that was a CM Punk sound
6: clip. <laughs> yeah, uh, I
0: I will say uh, I, I liked. In the, I did say the promo, and again, I, I did my due diligence. To make sure that Adam... Um, I, I collected all the Lexus King bits that were out there and made sure that they got in front of Adam before we recorded. So I should have known this ha- This was common to me. This is, this uh, one's on me, right? I'm
1: very surprised you're owning up to that. I didn't know if you wanted to be the mysterious benefactor
0: on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in this one, I will be. Um, but I did like that they made fun of his beard in the backstage promo. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. He's so funny. <laughs> But now I guess it's time for the main event. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw the uh, if you saw the show image, because that is the actual show image this week. Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I thought that was just for my own personal collection, because it is. <laughs> Both, but we could use it as a show image. Okay. Um People were asking me on Saturday, do you think it's gonna happen? And I said no. No way. And I, I will admit when I was watching the pay per view. And I see there's like 13 minutes left. I go, this show ain't over. Something's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. People were scuttlebutting online. People tweeting out they just cleared a section of the backstage area, you know, breaking news, whatever. And making his return to the world wrestling entertainment was none other than CM Punk. And, and I got no problem admitting music hits. He comes out, the end of Survivor Series, a moment. I I felt it. I'm like, this is a pretty big deal, right? You know, he was just at the Distinguished competition three months ago, you know, Mm. Uh, wrestling on the the big show at Wembley Stadium. And he had his own special show that was on Saturdays that only certain people could be on. and. (laughs) Now all of a sudden he's in the World Wrestling Entertainment after being away for almost 9 years, 10 almost 10 years actually uh I watched the history of CM Punk video that WWE put up and you know he went out on top beating the shield at TLC in December of 19 uh, tw- uh 2013 and nothing else happened after that. <laughs> uh these 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 sites that I had bookmarked all have disabled videos off of WWE's website so Again, it looks like things are going to be great, right? (laughs) And everyone's like, what's going to happen on Monday? We got the word he's closing out the show. We got the word that he's going to go and he's going to bury AEW. He's going to bury Tony Khan. He's going to bury the Young Bucks. He's going to drag everyone through the mud. Shots fired. Pipe bomb promo take two everyone's ready for it, and everybody's excited. And I'm going to play the promo now in full from this past Monday night. So if you missed it on Monday night, you tried to watch a full Raw from beginning to end after they told you on social media and multiple times throughout the course of the show that CM Punk was going to close out the show, but for some reason stayed and watched the whole thing. That's on you.
1: Yeah, shame on you. Um,
0: But I'm going to play the CM Punk promo from Raw this past week right now.
5: Home I have no home
2: Hunted,
3: Despised Living like an animal The jungle is my home But I shall show the world That I can be its master I shall perfect my own race of people Superman! That will
0: conquer the world Cut I don't know why they said cut during his promo. That's a wrap. (laughs) Look at us both doing silly little bits, Joe. I'm home, he says. With a tear in his eye, I missed you. This is where I belong. I make no bones about it. I think CM Punk is a horrible person with dog shit in his heart and hollow bones. <laughs> But I'm not coming on here to say, well, I'm with the Young Bucks and the Elite and Kenny and Hangman. Hangman's cool. He drank another man's blood on pay-per-view. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Kenny, I got no problem with. He does his little wrestling, and that's cool. I think the Young Bucks are dishonest, deceitful, uh, phonies to the highest order, but mm, hired a lot of my friends to the wrestling company, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I lost a lot of friends for talking shit on them, right? And I'll yeah. never stop talking shit on them. Fuck them. They're scumbags, right? Yeah. I just feel a bigger scumbag than them. I don't think it's a race. They could just both be in that. All three of them just can be in that scumbag thing, right? Um, yeah, this was, this was a bad promo. Um, if you worked, like, I loved all the people. Saturday, this is the moment. Punk is back fuck you AEW, fuck you Tony Khan, we got our guy back, and he's gonna rip it up and everything else like that. And then he goes out and cuts that bland, dishwater, dull as fuck promo on Raw. And then all those people that were chirping Saturday night and Sunday, eh, they weren't chirping no more. Their guy may got bird bones, but they ain't got bird mouths no more, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then they're trying to, and then Tuesday, they're trying to litigate it and copium it oh no this is this is him lulling everyone to a false sense of security so he could turn the tide and you know whatever you know and then the real punk will come out oh we'll just have to we'll just have to wait through this for a couple of weeks of these kiss ass suck ass dull as dishwater promos and then like the snake like he did before we, we criticized the bucks for just doing the same angle over and over and over again but what are we now in like the third or fourth time that Punk is like, I'm a good guy, but like, you know, never trust a snake and all that bullshit. Right. Mm. Seems like he's got one idea too. Um, Two straight edge this. Um, I don't know, man. I got no problem with CM Punk being in WWE. It's going to be very funny to see what <laughs> happens, to see how long he lasts. Um, you know, it's very clear where they're positioning him. And he's going to get his WrestleMania main event. He's going to get the match with Seth. And he's probably going to beat Seth at WrestleMania. Yeah. Night one. Not the match that everyone's going to care about. But he'll get a ma- He'll get a main event at, re- match at WrestleMania. Uh, there was the rumors and bullshit that was floated out by <clears throat> Punk's camps uh, today. That like, oh, there's been talks to have the match with Punk and Austin at WrestleMania. That ain't happening.
1: And, like, I would not want to see that. <laughs> That'd be so bad.
0: We got it two years ago with someone who's actually good and cares and is an honest, decent person in Kevin Owens. You think CM Punk is going to want, like, if they set that up and I'm Kevin Owens, every single one of my promos ends with the my new catchphrase is, I did it first. <laughs> I did it first. Tell me when I'm telling lies, Phil. Tell me when I'm telling lies. So everyone, the Felicia, Colliders everywhere, CM Punk fanboys across the world, enjoy your Monday Night Raws. (laughs) Enjoy the straight edge superstar. Enjoy uh, the prodigal son returns and all the other bullshit names and monikers and everything else that they're going to give them. You have fun. With your CM Punk. I'll be <laughs> over here on SmackDown. And you know what we say over on SmackDown? Yeah! Yeah!
1: Well, that's just assuming that CM Punk's going to stay on Raw. He might be too big of a star to be on just one show. Well, they <sighs> already announced that... At least Punk... until he alienates half the roster. <laughs> they have right. To seclude
0: him. If I'm World Wrestling Entertainment, I'm springing for a private plane for CM Punk... I'm springing for his own bus and I am keeping him so insulated and away from the rest of the roster for as long as I can. (laughs)
1: Alright, so I'm going to, as a member of the Felicia, it's time for me to give a counterpoint to to the Joe Sposto uh, <laughs> reaction, and the opinions of Joe Sposto do not necessarily reflect those of the entire soon-to-be-named network, because a lot of us are card-carrying members of the Felicia uh, and former Colliders. So, I will give you my perspective real quick. Um, I only watched the, the the end of the premium live event to see if CM Punk would show up, and... When they, it looked initially like that he wasn't going to, I was like, oh, this is stupid WWE. And then it kind of, like you said, it felt like it lingered for a little while. Like, oh man, they're standing around doing nothing for a while. And when the music hit, I did pop. And I popped because I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to see more CM Punk on TV. And I think that's a good thing because when you catch cm punk motivated as you mentioned it's in, it's in short bursts before he gets pissed off but if you can catch him in those periods where he wants to work with a bunch of different people uh you get good wrestling matches and you get you know cool moments so i think if we get a happy phil for a little bit and give him matches with i don't know if he's going to be a babyface or heel or whatever give him a match with kevin owens give him a match with you know uh, Jey uso give him a match with roman i don't care there's a lot of unique matches that i think would be fun to see but to your point it would also be fun to see him slowly unravel again on television and on twitter and social media and all that stuff so i think that that's awesome and we wouldn't get that if he was just sitting at home doing nothing so uh you get a little bit of both and i do agree from somebody who is a big phil fan uh that promo was really really bad and whether or not he came out and just flat out said you know uh screw you tony khan screw you young bucks whatever or if he was at least a little bit like oh that company i was at a bunch of amateurs or whatever like a little bit more pc and like kid friendly with it i would have been fine with either one but like the the fact that all of the the WWE pilled Phil stands are on Twitter being like, Oh, did you see how he ended the promo by saying, I'm here to make money, not friends? That's his scathing remark at Tony. And it's like, All right, you're just, you're, you're stretching too far. So I feel like I'm, I'm here for the ride. Uh, I do not expect it to last long uh, because, as you've said before, and we've talked about, you know, Fill in the UFC, fill in WWE, fill in comics, fill in AEW on that backstage show. Phil doesn't stick around long, and it always seems to be somebody else's fault. So it's only a matter of time. Um, but I, despite the promo being bad, I'm gonna make it a point to check out CM Punk stuff uh, when it happens, and I don't do that with anybody else on the WWE. You know, like I I don't even check out Roman stuff anymore like I used to. So, they've got my
0: eyes for at least his segments for a little bit. So, are you gonna watch raw? Like, are you gonna be up, quote unquote, and attentive during raw, and then when you see social media start lighting up like all oh, Phil's coming out, you're gonna switch over, or are you yeah, just gonna I, wake up Tuesday morning and grab it all off YouTube?
1: I mean, I have a DVR that automatically records raw. You know, and it's does like, it record the whole thing of raw? Like, if there's a overrun. Uh, I haven't had any problems so far, oh, you know, I've gotten, YouTube- there's a guy
0: yeah. I know that was bitching about it for about 20 minutes on his podcast today. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it works
1: yeah. so far. It's worked fine. Um, and I don't know how it does it. It's fucking magic, but yeah, it's like NXT went like 10 minutes over and I'm like, it just knew to do that, you know? So, uh, um, yeah, so I know what I will do... I'm not going to watch Raw live. I'm not a fucking sociopath. You know, I'll see, like, on Twitter, it's like, oh, okay, it's going to be CM Punk versus so-and-so in the main event. Or uh, Personally, I think they should not let him wrestle on TV. That's, you know, save it for the pay-per-views. But um, whatever, CM Punk is going to have a promo. I'm not going to necessarily tune in live, but I can very easily just hit play on the DVR later on that night, the next day, whatever.
0: I, I, I definitely think we're going to get one match from Phil between now and the Royal Rumble. One. Well, there's Elimination Chamber, isn't there? Elimination Chamber is after Royal Rumble. Oh, okay. Elimination Chamber is in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and it's going to be very interesting to see who wins the Royal Rumble. Because typically, the way that it works is with there now being two championships again. The person who wins the Royal Rumble gets their pick from the main event at WrestleMania for one of the titles... And then, now that there's two championships again, the other champion who faces them at WrestleMania is typically decided in the Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. So it'll be very interesting to see who wins the Royal Rumble this year, because I got two ideas of who it should be. I mentioned them before. Royal Rumble's going to w- be won by Cody or CM Punk. Cody wins the Royal Rumble again. And that means CM Punk might have to go and enjoy a... Uh, blood money cover dick <laughs> to get that WrestleMania made event. And listen, I know everyone says WWE is a different animal. Vince isn't there. And Triple H at the press conference says we've all grown up and we've all matured and we've all gotten past these sort of things. But uh, I like spite. I like <laughs> grudges. I like, well, you know, plans change. The crowd was feeling it. Cody won the Rumble, you know. Get you in that WrestleMania main event, Phil. We're gonna, we're gonna need you to pose with the uh, uh, the Crown Prince here. <laughs> you want that WrestleMania main event, don't you, Phil? Phil's gonna say yes, he does, because that's the sort of morals that somebody with dog shit in his heart and hollow bones does. <sighs> I'll be really quick. Uh,
1: CM Punk is winning the Rumble. Cody can win Elimination Chamber. I don't care. Um, I think
0: it's I think it's very clear that that's what's happening.
1: But yeah, well,
0: well, I have two
1: very fast questions, and don't belabor them too long. We'll move on. Uh, do you think anybody was legit butthurt like with, with all the stuff with obviously Cody? Uh, Seth Rollins wasn't, but there was a the thing about Drew McIntyre. Is anybody offended that CM Punk is there? Not Saturday. Okay, that, that that was my only question there. And who is your number one candidates candidate candidates to be the next generation of perfect punk lackeys in WWE? Like, is there somebody or some Ooh. multiple people that are the, like the WWE's Danhausen or FTR? Because I have King. I have
0: somebody, Lexus King. <laughs> when Punk came to AEW the first time, and he rattled off the list of young talent that he couldn't wait to work with. The talent included MJF. He worked with MJF. Darby Allen worked with Darby Allen. Jungle Boy. Yeah, we saw how that turned out. <laughs> and Brian Pillman Jr. So he has to he, finish the story with Brian Pillman Jr. That's right.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know why this popped into my head. I. I I have no clue if they've ever interacted. Well, I know one of them has. But, like, over the last couple of years, uh, I feel like Gallows and Anderson, the good brothers, are perfect punk lackeys. Like, they seem to have that energy.
0: Nah, I think they're, like, kind of entrenched with uh, AJ. Yeah, but AJ's, like, doesn't wrestle anymore,
1: practically.
0: And, and well, he's out injured, and he's doing his uh, player coach thing. Well, he was waiting for Will Ospreay, but I guess that's... A wash now, you know, poor guy. Yeah.
1: But I just uh, felt like, you know, you have Gallows. used to be, you know, one of the straight edge society. I feel like they're good hanger-ons, you know.
0: Hulk likes to sink his hooks into people that are younger than him. And I know Gallows doesn't look younger than him, but him and Anderson are younger than Phil. Not by much, but he likes to get his hooks into people that are younger than him. And that at points in their career idolized him. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, and I don't think Gallows and Anderson fit that mold.
1: All right, I just figured it was a good hypothetical.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, hey, there's no pay-per-view this weekend. We got homework, right?
1: That is correct, Joe. The return of homework. So, your assignment for next week, we're going back to movie recommendations, Joe. It's Uh been a while. And you are going to watch the 2006 classic, starring big sexy kevin nash oh doa dead or alive
0: hey and that's based in a video
1: game too right it is i went to see this in the theaters back in 2006 at the cinemark and joe there there there's like six or seven thousand people in the cinemark that night
0: uh this uh this one is available everywhere Uh. um It's You're on. supposed
1: to say the Cinemark doesn't hold that many people. Oh, that. I'm
0: sorry. Uh, sorry. I got I was just happy to see a movie I didn't have to go uh, acquire by legal means. Cinemark didn't hold that many people.
1: Uh, did that night. Uh have you ever seen this? No, I've never seen this.
0: I've seen in I uh, I
1: I saw it in bits and pieces I lied about going to the movies. Uh I saw this like where it was like I never like turned it on like when it's At the beginning, like I always feel like I I'm flipping through the channels and I catch part of it and it always hooks me. So I've probably seen the end of this movie like three times, but I've never seen like start to finish. But uh, yeah, big sexies. And even though it doesn't look like he's on the movie poster.
0: Right, it's it's on uh, Voodoo, it's on Pluto TV, it's on Plex if you do those sort of things. It's on Freevee and it's on the Taco Bell in demolition man of streaming <laughs> services, Tubi. That's
1: correct. Yes, yeah, so when uh, when there's only one streaming service remaining, uh, it'll be Tubi. <laughs> All
0: will become one.
1: <laughs> so uh, I'm happy you haven't seen it. Uh yeah. I can tell you the, the parts that I've seen have been I'll just say fun. (laughs) I'm not going to go into great detail of the kind of fun. Uh, But yes, that'll be our homework assignment for next week's
0: Patreon. I know what sort of fun you enjoy. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Well, you know what other kind of fun I enjoy, Joe? What fun would that be?
1: I enjoy first rounds
0: of tournaments. Oh, I was going to do voicemail, but let's do that instead.
2: neutral monarch of at odds wrestling
1: that's right joe even though you went and you peeked at the results it's time to reveal who the winners of the first round of this year's gender neutral monarch of at odds wrestling
0: i was peeking at the results of mine that i have a vested interest in
1: Fair enough, fair enough. All right, Well, right, we'll finish with that one, and I'm going to start on the other side of the bracket. So in our first matchup, we have Tom Lawler versus Tony Storm, and with 62% of the vote and advancing to the next round is timeless Tom Lawler. Oh, That's right. He won the match. He won the gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it works. Uh, so Tom Lawler will be facing the winner of this next match, and with 69% of the vote, nice, nice, Alec Price defeated world class Channing Thomas, so I guess Alec Price is the one who's world class.
0: I would say two upsets there in the opening round. I would have uh, thought both those would have went the other way in the way that you kind of lay these uh, sort of deals out. But here we are
1: uh, again. I put everybody's name in at random in a randomizer. The brackets came out the way they came out. So in our next uh, our matchup for the second round, it will be Alec Price against Tom Lawler. So any kind of any
0: feedback on that? Uh, so I would think Tom Lawler would be the one, but Alec Price did amazing in the first round. And if yeah. his fan base and his fandom can get behind him, uh, I definitely think he might have a chance against Tom Lawler.
1: All right. So in our next, uh, matchup with 61% of the vote. Sky Blue defeats Brandon St. James. I I feel like before you jump in, Brandon St. James really hurt by his lack of a Twitter presence.
0: Yeah, certainly. And I know a lot of people, Ed included, try to get behind uh, Brandon to to get him up there. Um, Not having a Twitter presence whatsoever, uh, Sky Blue should have did much better.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, And facing Sky Blue in the next round will be the winner of this next matchup. And with 73% of the vote, Hardway Sam Holloway defeats Kalani
0: Jordan. If Sky Blue ain't careful, Sam Holloway's going to smash her. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, so in the next round, Sky Blue versus uh, against Hardway. So that's an that's interesting matchup. All right, other side of the bracket. The Duke
0: versus Chris Chris Statlander. And with 62% of the vote, Statlander advances. I know there was a lot of uh, him and Han and Mushnash twirling in regards to this one. Um, I did vote for the Duke. Uh, He did get a new boot, painted gold. Um, You know, he did claim that remarks made on this podcast were entirely untrue. And I I issue my retraction here. Um, (laughs) I definitely think... um, Duke coulda uh, if it was if the cards were just laid out a little bit differently with your randomizing of this tournament, mm-hmm. uh, the Duke could have had a hot run. But uh, there's just something about Chris Statlander I think that speaks to people. So unfortunately, <laughs> uh, the Duke, uh, you know, better luck, better luck next time, pal. Yeah,
1: and uh, Statlander will be facing the winner of this next matchup. This is actually one of our closer ones with 56 percent of the vote. Jeff Cannonball defeats Megan Bain.
0: I uh, I would say biggest upset of the thing. Um, you, you definitely did attempt to stack some of these one way versus the other, um, and I think that just goes to show how loved Jeff Cannonball is versus Megan Bain. Jeff Cannonball, you'd mentioned earlier um, that Tay Mello and uh, Alexa Bliss had their children today. Tara Calloway, Jeff Campbell's wife, they gave birth to their child today as well. So today is a good day for wrestling babies. And hopefully, uh, you know, Jeff could ride that momentum into the next round because he'll need it against Statlander.
1: Awesome. All right, next up, Kaplan versus Alex Shelley. Kaplan advances with 55% of the vote.
0: A lot closer than a lot of people thought. Um, I will, uh, listen, I, I will say... I love Kaplan. Kaplan's a good dude. Kaplan's one of the craziest men in all of professional wrestling. Um, But I was very afraid in the way that this tournament bracket was laid out that if Alex Shelley won, what my chances would be.
1: Oh, so you're basically saying that... uh, Well, we'll get into it right now. Christian Cage, with 58% of the vote, defeats Sting. So we will have Christian versus Kaplan in the next round. So you're basically saying Alex Shelley... Could beat Christian. But Kaplan, he
0: is Christian's doormat, is what you're going on record uh, into this microphone right now? Uh, uh, Those are your words, not mine. Um, Uh, I'm just saying that I think it would have been a little bit... uh, Christian would have won regardless. mm. Um, Just like there was no question here against the Stinger. um, (laughs) No matter who Christian faces in this tournament, it's his to win. It's his to own. And uh, I'll be very happy at the end of it when he is say when he is holding the trophy or the whatever it is aloft, and uh, he'll he'll say this to you, Adam. Go fuck yourself. Wait a minute, that was the wrong one. <laughs> Hang on. Wait, no, he'll say this. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> nah, they're both on the board now.
1: Excellent. Um, again, we have a lot of AIW fan listeners, a lot of people from uh, from Ohio and that territory that yep. listen to this. And I just want to say, you know, you can allow your guy Kaplan to get beat by Christian, and that's fine. That's on you. I'm just putting the, the poll up there. What you guys do with it is, on, is up to you guys. So uh, Kaplan was nominated. By Ronald, two legs under the guise of it being a John Thorne thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So two legs, if you want to allow your person to just you know, roll over and die to Christian, by all means, go ahead. But I think there's a lot of AIW fans that might give Christian a run for the money.
0: Listen, I like Pat. Pat's a good friend. Uh, but I'm definitely going to beat his pick. That's all there is to it.
1: All right. So voting will begin tomorrow, uh, meaning I guess tomorrow is December 1st, right? Correct. Uh, so December 1st at noonish, uh, I will. If you see the bracket go up and you're like, oh, where are the things I can vote on? Uh, be patient. I'm going to go slower this week so I don't like have 100 typos on the the, the tweets. So okay. uh, go
0: ahead. Can, can I give you a little social media um school here? Sure. So what you could do if you're doing it for and again, I don't know what app you're using, but I know you could do this from a browser, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, let me look at the actual official Twitter app. How about that? While I'm sitting here on my goddamn office, I'm going to look at a tweet And while you're doing it, I'll just
1: say, uh, while I did have some typos in the polls, uh, there were also some typos on the graphic, uh, the bracket graphic. And uh, our social media, our social graphic design team has been held accountable. Uh, It will not happen again.
0: So if you go, you can't do it through the main app of uh, Twitter, right? But if you go through a browser, Adam, Uh what you could do is you could schedule a tweet. You could type it up. You could proofread it. You could have somebody else look at it, and then you could say, "I want this tweet to go live exactly at noon Eastern." But can you schedule a thread? You could schedule. Okay, so that I don't know. I think you have to schedule individual tweets.
1: Yeah. See, that's I know I can schedule a tweet. That's like uh, that. I'm I'm capable of knowing that part. But my my holdup has always been like it's it's like the first tweet is the the bracket. And then it's like here's all of the other polls concurrent with each other, so all you have to do is really share the bracket, you know what I'm saying? So that was my hold up with doing scheduled tweets. So like I'm like, okay, it's it's a little bit before noon. I, I I'm writing tweet one, and I'm like, oh, okay, got to do the second one, third one, fourth one, fifth one. Now obviously as we go along, there's less and less tweets I have to do.
0: There's half each time, but. It does not appear as though you could schedule a thread, unfortunately. Yeah, so lesson dismissed. All right. Well, yeah, I tried.
1: No, I appreciate it. But yeah, so voting tomorrow noonish. uh It will run until same time like next week till around 7 o'clock-ish before we record next week. So look at the tweet; it'll have the end time. I hate when people question me. Like, oh, last week it ended after six days and twenty three hours, and this time it lasted six days and twenty two hours. What are you trying to get away
4: with, Adam?
0: (laughs) You are always up to something. I don't have to tell you. I know. Voicemails. Voicemails.
5: Hey guys, it's TPT. Haven't called in a while. I uh, was at the collision and rampage for AEW last night in Pittsburgh. And I couldn't help but think about it. you guys. I remember a comment Joe made about, you know, uh, a while back about oh, has AEW being good for indie wrestling. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure how much the state of uh, Betterment of Indie Wrestling weighs on the Khan family's minds. But you know, I will say this I mean there was only one indie promotion that even bothered to show up with Flyer. And, you know, I remember with Enjoy Wrestling, which I don't know if you've heard about that, but I saw more t-shirts for Enjoy Wrestling back at their first show, AEW's first show in Pittsburgh in 2019, back when Enjoy was basically a wrestling appreciation society. Now that they an actual promotion, I saw three t-shirts. But overall, man, I... The show was a lot of fun. I mean, my God, not only just getting to see Shabbat alive, but then Wheeler beating him clean for the pure title. I mean, man, my buddy's head, you got goosebumps. You know, I mean, overall, you know, I'd say that. The, I've been to AEW Live five or six times now and I would say you know this show had the least star power on it of all the ones I've ever been to but I'd say it felt like the most meaningful as a, as a promotion it was like storyline and such or whatever that's worth alright you guys have a good one uh I hope things are going well I hope uh Joe's family is kicked of COVID now.
0: You guys have a good day. Thank you for your call. So, I guess when I say, like, is AEW good for the indies, I guess what I mean for that is, is, like, you know, when they were allowing people to take indie dates a little bit, yeah. did that help? Um, you know, obviously, they did take a lot of talent. WWE took a lot of talent. And I think the indies are still trying to recover. And obviously... The pandemic on top of things kind of put everyone behind the eight ball and kind of took, you know, months, if not years away from a lot of people. But, you know, he mentioned a good point like there's if you are a local promotion and AEW or WWE is coming to your town, whether it's before the show or after the show, you should absolutely be out there with flyers, people wearing your shirts, people talking about your stuff. Um, you know, he, he had mentioned the first time that he went to see Aew in the Pittsburgh area and there was tons of people wearing enjoy stuff, and he went this time there was only like three or four people wearing enjoy stuff. If you're a worker, or if you're involved with the promotion and you ain't booked that weekend, you probably know somebody who could probably get you some free tickets. Yeah, wear the shirts, bring a sign, go to Aew, go to WWE, get your shit on TV. No,
1: I agree. That yeah, makes perfect sense. Um, and then just uh, shout out to enjoy. It looks like, uh, based on what I'm seeing on social media, uh, I guess it took a uh, it took Tillinger getting a new partner for the production to stop ducking gummy bore.
0: <sighs> well, listen, what can I tell you?
2: It's
1: gonna, it's gonna
0: happen, right. and uh, hopefully, at least one person that match doesn't uh, leave their feet. You know,
1: <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So, looking forward to that. All right, thanks, TTT.
0: Thank you. Next call.
1: Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here.
7: All right. So I got, I got a quick story. Something I did, which will lead into my question for you guys. Um, I usually get coffee at a local gas station that's block or two away, um, and then I begin my commute to work. And so you start to recognize the same people over and over again. And there was a, a cashier I haven't seen for a few weeks. And she's back this week, uh, just schedule change or whatever. And I decided to tell her something that I've wanted to tell her for a while. No, 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 not that. Oh. <laughs> um, she very much reminds me of Willow Nightingale. Um. Then it is that. <laughs> hair, complexion, this bubbly, vibrant, positive personality all the time. And I was just like, I gotta tell her. Like, you know. Maybe she'll get a kick out of it. Maybe it's nothing. Who knows? I said, oh, you remind me of this wrestler. Her name's Old Nightingale. You know, she, uh, she's on TV. You know, all this stuff. Giving her a very basic one-on-one rundown of it. And uh, she's like, oh, plus I'm jacked. And I have a little laugh. And she's like, no, 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 wait, wait. And she looks around. There's no other customers there. She's like, check this out. She flexes. She's freaking Jack. <laughs> absolutely jacked i did not expect that i had just a shock to look on my face for it which she got kicked out of she's like you just made my day funny little moment so the question here i'm leading up to have either of you had a time where you told someone that they looked like a wrestler
2: and may have had some sort of
7: amusing interaction that would be podcast worthy let's see how this question goes <laughs> maybe I have too much free time on my hand maybe what I should be doing is watching things besides the work for the Patreon show I don't believe there's pay-per-view coming up this weekend so I there's can't you. wait to hear more about the Patreon coming up here. Talk to you later guys
1: um, I, Thank you for the cheap plug, Kevin um, I'm very curious where things went with uh, convenience store Willow here like, you know, don't leave us hanging, man she's flexing for you <laughs> you know Hopefully, uh, things worked out for you, bud. Um, Joe, go first. I'm trying to struggle to think of something here. All
0: right. Uh, So there was a time back in my younger days, and my thinner days, long hair, maybe it had been dyed, you know, blonde so I could go blue and be BWO, whatever. Uh, (laughs) But there had been at least three different instances going to ECW shows where somebody thought I was Stevie Richards. And again, that was a very long time ago. Um, (laughs) But... There was one time uh, we were visiting family down in Alabama, and we went to like a diner or a restaurant or whatever it was. And again, we're in Alabama, right?
1: Yeah, not that and, smart to start with. Yeah,
0: and I, I tell I tell you to a person, the guy who was the cook at this burger place that we went to, um, it was Canyon, right? It wasn't <laughs> Canyon, but yeah, he yeah. like he was a guy in Alabama. With like, he had the, like, he looked like Canyon. He was tall. He had like a nice build to him. And he had like that Brooklyn accent in Alabama. Right.
2: Okay.
0: And I didn't think it was Canyon, but I definitely thought he was a worker. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we're there and like, you know, everyone in the south is friendly and we're talking, we're chatting, we're this, that. And I'm like, oh I I go, I could t- I go, we're from up north, I could tell you're probably from up north. And he's like, Oh yeah, you know, uh I, I you know, I lived in New York my whole life and I came down here and running the restaurant or whatever, whatever, right? And I'm like trying to get him to like I was like, Oh, you ever like uh go to Madison Square Garden for stuff? Like I'm trying to get him to bring up wrestling, like trying to lead him there. Yeah. And he doesn't and I bring up I go, oh, well, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. I was wearing a wrestling shirt, of course I was, and he's like, Yeah, like he's he, either he's no selling me or he's kayfaving me using the insider lingo. <laughs> and I go, Oh, you know how I can get it, I could figure it out, right? When we're leaving, I could thank him for the hospitality and the food and everything else, and I'll go to shake his hand and I'll give him the worker handshake to see if he <laughs> gives it back to me. <laughs> Suffice to say, he did not give me the worker handshake.
1: Oh, so he works stiff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or he just thought it was a weirdo.
2: Uh,
1: I couldn't think of anything good for myself, but I will say, and I mentioned this probably before, when I was just a wee lad going to the CYC watching WWF house shows, and I'd go with the Night Prowler. little kid went up to him, he's like, are you (laughs) tugboats?" So that's my story. little kid thought he was tugboat <laughs> oh my
0: god that's fantastic
1: oh <laughs> uh, next call
0: all right now typically like i said i don't listen to the calls in advance but when i see a name show up on the caller id it's someone if it's someone that i recognize i'm like oh it's so and so oh it's so and so that's someone that's never called into the show but it's a very famous caller into the podcast uh he usually calls in with reports on uh hot-tempered, thin-skinned, former big-name people. So, again, we I, I got a call from Gary from San Diego.
2: Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Gary from San Diego. Good news! Phil from Chicago is back. The voice of the voiceless is back. And this time, he's speaking for the Saudi royal family. I guess times must be tough. Well, I guess he can always rent out as a landlord. I know someone's looking to move out from Canoga Park or a really empty place in Florida. I don't know. Phil is married, but he doesn't have any kids. Weird, huh? Very weird. Well, Sandy and I were worried. We never see AJ Lee anymore with all those projects going on. And wow, it's like we never see her and Phil together. Must be a coincidence or whatever. It's cool Phil's finally wearing his wedding ring. Weird he doesn't do that in front of Greg Baker, but does it in <laughs> front of Bailey.
0: Oh, well, must be a coincidence. Before I sign off, rock and roll up. Yes. Oh, he said his catchphrase and everything. Thank you very much for the call, Gary in San Diego. I, I hope you've let Sandy out of the pit that you have locked in in your basement. Um, Adam, any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I, I will say that I saw both AJ Lee and Phil in the same episode of Heels, and I'm pretty sure they were on screen at the same time. But other than that, I'm in full agreement with everything he said.
0: That's a lie, Adam. Nobody watches Heels. Ah, uh, at least three of us. <laughs> All right. Speaking of something that people are on their uh, aw- uh, eagerly awaiting for, and there's dozens of, it's pink button time. It's young Ed.
6: Hey, Joe, and Adam, it's that. Uh, I just ate breakfast and checked Twitter. And, uh, I guess CM Punk is back in WWE. Good, uh, good for him, I guess. Uh, and i got gotten lots of time. I woke up to, um, 30 messages. And <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say two thirds of those are like, you yeah, gotta watch WWE now. <laughs> And these people are, uh, fucking wrong, because I don't, because <laughs> I don't have to do that, but I won't. It's like, uh, it's like when somebody is like, yo, Artie Ling came back to acting. I'd be like, oh shit, what show? And they'd be like, Young Sheldon. <laughs> it's like, well, that's cool, but I don't have, I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> but, I, I don't know, man. What do, I, what do people want me to react here? Like, be upset or something? Because I don't... I mean, I don't know, personally, because just won't watch. fine. Like... It's like... I don't think there's one... Convince me I'm wrong. There's not one match that they could do where I'd be like, holy shit, I gotta see that.
2: That Thank isn't
6: you, I'm gonna put this caveat there. It isn't like a free show, funny thing. Like, we do know that I would watch CM Punk versus <laughs> almost i would watch that uh but no i can't imagine them doing anything that would get me to be like shit i gotta watch this 30 ple I gotta i can't wait for this the cody Rhodes versus the judgment day story like this isn't, this isn't reality it's never gonna happen i don't know uh plus this is Drew McIntyre already pissy about it. This is not gonna go well. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Twitter, I guess. Twitter will be cool. But uh yeah, film so main event in WrestleMania beating Roman probably, right? Oh yeah. That's a thing. We'll say that. I'll just we'll just say that. Gay okay, by
1: Yeah, it's like Ed didn't watch AEW when phil was on there so he's certainly right. not gonna watch WWE. If, if cm punk's not on impact or what's the other thing he pretends to like 880 yeah uh, yes he doesn't
0: pretend okay. i think he actually does watch that okay
1: or, or like heat up is that still on is there I, still- I don't yeah <laughs> i'm thinking of all the things that ed likes uh if if somehow oh if phil brought back 205 live right right oh, my God, Ed would be so happy. So, like, if if he's not going to be on one of those things, then, yeah, Ed doesn't care, so.
0: Phil is way under the 205-pound weight limit, so that would be a good place for him, I think. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know, I I said on social media that I think, you know, and I mentioned it before, the Lexus King uh, Phil uh, program is going to be one to watch out for, but I think (laughs) Phil has gotten out of his system of lying and saying, I'm here to help younger talent, uh, I think he's definitely here to main event WrestleMania and make as much money as he can. Um, oh, so him. I don't think he would know a si- – like, somebody posted a picture of him with, as you mentioned, Dante Chen. And I think if they brought back 205 Live and they did Dante Chen versus Phil on 205 Live, Ed would have no choice. He would be the only one who would watch that. <laughs>
1: we'd have to set up cameras that are filming him getting like reaction content i hear that's big nowadays
0: i want to enjoy ed enjoying that match exactly all right so ed does call back one more time all right hey joe and adam to add one more
6: thought about phil c on punk brooks um i see a lot of people making jokes about how he's a 45 year old man with a conduct clause in his contract
0: allegedly, uh,
6: that says if he's ever a mean boy, he'll get fired, and how funny that is, uh, but I think he's a fucking genius for it, because he, that is basically a ticket out of that company when he inevitably starts to fucking hate it there um, I think it's really smart to have, like he could just not want to work there anymore, so he can just go beat the shit out of the Miz. Uh, and <laughs> then not have to he gets to beat up the Miz and then also get out of the job of you, like, And that's a win win for him. Um and I will uh bend reality to always uh make it seem like uh he smarter than everyone in the room because I like him uh, that much. He's on a short list of people that I will uh, do that for. Uh Please don't make any jokes about how those people end up being right. awful humans. I, have- I think I got a I think I got a good list though. I think I have a solid list of people that I, are my people, and uh, they're not going to end up being Nazis or rapists or anything like that. I think I'm making better decisions these days. <laughs> uh, but yeah, punch the genius. Just gets, gets not work there anymore and punch the Miz. What a great deal. I'll never. I, I don't want to watch any of this shit. I didn't even watch that promo Monday, Joe. I, I've never. I still haven't watched. It's Thursday. I still haven't watched. I have no interest in this shit. Uh, but good for him. Hey, <laughs> okay, buddy.
1: Um, Ed brought up a good point of like, hey, what happens if like six months from now Phil just shows up in AEW again? <laughs> like, and uh, again, I comically buried Tim and Marcus early with the Randy Orton stuff, but to give them credit, like they mentioned on viewer's choice that wrestling is really exciting when big names are jumping ship from company to company. So the fact that CM Punk could conceivably just do this all over again in AEW in a couple months is really funny.
0: I'd like to think that he'll never go back to AEW. Like both sides don't want anything to do with the other. Um, I also love the rumor that WWE put a disparity disparity clause in Phil's contract that he can't go out there and say all the things that everyone wants him to say for the very reasons that Ed mentioned. Because Phil is an erratic, dishonest person with dog shit in his heart and hollow bird bones. (laughs) um that he would use that as a way to get out of any sort of legal or binding agreements instead of like you know actually you know being honest with himself ahead of time that being said the miz would fucking wash phil make him look, <laughs> look like a clown 100% the miz took more than one chop from walter he took several chops from walter how many chops do you think From Walter, it would take to cave in the bird bone, bird (laughs) chest of Phil. Definitely not more than one. (laughs) It would be the air from the hand moving toward his chest that would collapse Phil.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, and I see this not from, like, people in our circle, but you get exposed to shit all the time that are like, you know, he is a former UFC fighter, so you better watch out. Like, he's a former fucking very unsuccessful UFC fighter,
0: you know? Uh, I don't think he's winning many fights. No. And again, the offer was put out on uh, social media. If Austin says no and they decide to not go with Seth... I'm ready to finish the story and do a walk and brawl in Philly at WrestleMania with Phil.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: good luck and, with that. And to make it fair, I won't even bother to get in shape. It'll just be me today. I might even put on <laughs> an extra 20 pounds just to fuck around, right? You'll
1: look like uh, Bret Hart when he was in his Mania match where he was wearing like, the jorts and the hockey jersey. Oh no, I'll look worse than that.
0: <laughs> <sighs> All right, cool. I look like that now.
1: Yeah, no, I get you.
0: <laughs> uh, so, uh, I mentioned homework. Hey, uh, ESPN pick-ems, uh Adams in like what sixth place? Fourth place? Fourth place? I don't know. My notes are all screwy.
1: No, I mean I'm uh, looking at your notes right here. It says I'm in fourth place and you're in 18th place. Yeah,
0: I knew I was. I knew I had my number right at 18th place. Um, yeah. I, again, everything is right in the world at this point. Uh, in the season um if everything goes correctly I should be on the second page by the time it's done <laughs> and uh again I will say as I said at the beginning of the season I say now if somehow I'm I do better than you and you're still doing your picks you're not allowed to be a football fan anymore more it's just simple mathematics
1: uh, I mean you're you're saying if somebody is still worse than you right now yeah yeah okay No, 100%. I agree. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I apologize
0: (laughs) if that didn't come out correctly. Like, if the season's over and I'm still in 18th place, 19th and lower, if you were still doing your picks, you're done being a football fan. Just hang it up.
1: (laughs) I I 100% agree. Um, I I will say someone who should not hang up uh, doing things around football, uh, I have clinched. Not only first place in the soon-to-be-named network fantasy football draft, uh, but I've also clinched a first-round bye, and I'm the number one seed. So uh, there are two more weeks in the regular season. I don't even have to field a roster for two weeks, Joe.
0: Well, again, it's going to be a different story next year when me and Ed are in there, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah?
1: All right. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs>
0: uh, so congratulations to you, Adam. Your Your dream has come true. You've stuck it up everyone's ass in regards to the fantasy football. (laughs) And the season's not even close to being over.
1: Well, there is the playoffs still, Joe. So, I mean, it's just a matter of I don't have to worry about anything for... I have three weeks of not having a meaningful game because there's two weeks in the regular season and then a bye. So four weeks from now, I'll face somebody. So, uh, anything can happen in the playoffs. I mean, I could conceivably lose to Tim. You know, that's how erratic things are. I could lose a game to Tim or worse yet, uh, two legs. It it, it can happen, but it's a long time from now.
0: All right. I'm, I'm, I'm still, uh, i'm I'm pulling for todd to win just because that's the funniest uh, choice you know
1: yeah, yeah you know he's got a good squad he is one of the many people that are technically even though the playoffs uh like there's a lot of i don't like again i'm not coming sounding negative i'm being positive here there's a lot of teams in the league that have losing records but they're all technically capable of making the playoffs like nobody's eliminated yet so uh Literally anybody could make the playoffs right now, so uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, and I'm going to play Spoiler as much as possible, because I'll still field the team. I ain't about to get any extra losses.
0: Right. So, uh, we are a month away as of this discussion. Four weeks, however the hash is out, to uh, LVAC Holiday Hangout. Tickets are on sale. Nary a person has been announced um, who's going to be competing there. Um, I know one of the bands, Pay for Pain, is going to be there. And I know mm-hmm. one of the people in that band.
1: I do, too. Not as well uh, as you, but I, I know they're, uh, they're somebody important, aren't they?
0: Right. And I don't know if they've been announced yet, but the other band that's going to be there is a band called Jobber. Not Thrift Store, but just Jobber. Um, I don't know if that's been made public yet, but I'm making it public here because I don't care. Right. Mm. Um, we have the link in the show notes. To go buy your tickets. Like I said, it's already like two fourths two-thirds, three-fourths sold out, and uh, none of the wrestling has been announced. Uh, The DVD and MP4 are available, if you so desire, of the Steel Stack SmackDown 2 from back in September. And, of course, if you have Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. IWTV, it did stream live on that. Uh, So you can certainly go check it out there as well, along with some other LVAC shows and a lot of your other current WWE and AEW shows uh, Ring of Honor, GCW, Impact, even NWA people. I guess I don't know. Like they're <laughs> like the seventh or eighth brand, I guess. Um, but you can go sign up if you've never used IWTV before. Use the promo code at odds, and uh, won't get you anything good or free or anything up front other than some great independent wrestling. But it will let Jerry uh, know that you guys came to, to him from us, and we get a little bit of a kickback from that. Uh, Also, you can head over to our uh, eBay uh, affiliate link, and we get a little bit of kickback from that. When you click on links to various merchants on the site to make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network.
1: Yeah, I almost premature yad on that one. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're slow on the draw.
0: (laughs) No, okay. I'm not doing that one. Go ahead. <laughs> All Here, right. You know what? Here.
1: Yeah. Here's your request. I always just see it fidgeting with the board, and I assume it's something with L.A. Knight. But you know what? Get something else ready. All right. Well, I will say, these people, when they fidget with the board, it's always because of L.A. Knight. And these people are long box heroes, long box heroes after dark. We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hiya Bussy, and Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step.
4: There steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says.
1: I agree. I think that last clip was Randy Orton talking.
0: Oh, <laughs> I, need, I, I need a clean. I need to go back and see if it was on this past week's episode. But uh I, I need a clip of Marcus recreating that instead of saying steroids are awesome. I don't care what anyone says. him saying chicken and rice is awesome. I don't care what anyone says. okay yeah just just cause, you just your cause. Personal Put, throw it on the board right All
1: right uh, best part of the show
0: yes money, 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 money.
1: Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the hundred-dollar Vansky, and your figures will be bought. ha! <laughs> Hey Joe, this is uh, this was Black Friday and like Cyber Monday and Small Business I don't know Tuesday and all that stuff. Did you buy anything? You want me to go
0: first? Sure. So I said last week on the show, uh, you know, it's the holiday season. It's a spending freeze for me. Uh, you know, I got to get stuff for the family. I got to get stuff for my wife, who I did, and that doesn't count. Um, yeah. i got to get stuff for my, my son, and that doesn't count for my weekly purchases. Nieces and nephews, all sorts of people like that, but none of that stuff counts, right? And I said here on this very show last week, spending freeze for me. I'm not buying anything, but you know what, Adam?
3: <laughs> huh?
2: No, no!
0: So... You and Todd attempted to bully me independently of each other. And again, he's come up again on the show. Oh, if you're a real L.A. Night fan, you're going to go and buy the, the sunglasses, right? And what did I say to you guys when you tried to bully me into doing that? Huh? So, so then you guys are like, oh, why don't you get the, 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 the vest, right? You know, it's a $130 vest. You know, you're a fat fuck. You'll need two of them to sew together so that they'll fit you. If you're a real L.A. Knight fan, you'd get it, right? And what did I say to both of yous?
3: Huh? <laughs> no, no.
0: <laughs> but I did buy something for myself. So friend of the show, great person, former podcaster in his own Right. Uh Matty treats. He goes to every goddamn premium live event, TV taping, gad about town. He's Mr. Wrestling live event, right? Yeah. So he was at Survivor Series this past weekend. He was at the SmackDown beforehand, right? And he takes a picture of a couple things and he's like, they have exclusive merch here. I checked, it's not on the website. And he sent me a picture of something. Ooh. And when he sent me that picture of it, I go. Do they have it in fat fuck sizes? And he said, they certainly (laughs) do. And uh, I go, well, you know what? You picked that up for me. And uh, I I said this to him. (laughs) And I'm going to send the picture over to you, what he got me. All right. So you have to just check your text messages. It's the front and the back
1: there. Okay. Let's see. Image. Oh, shit. You want me to say what it is? (laughs) I think I saw this. Uh, did you post this in our Discord or yeah. maybe I don't remember. Yeah, I, I oh I've seen the front of it before, but it's an ugly Christmas sweater, LA Knight. Yeah, with the knight on the back of the, with the Christmas hat.
0: See yeah, that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so again, what I, I could wear? I can wear that, right? That's my Christmas sweater this year, right? I, I sure. Yeah, I could, why not? Yeah, I could, drop, I could drop 70 bucks on something I'll wear once, right? <laughs> uh, but no, thank you to Maddie for picking that up for me, for thinking of me. Uh, he's always Johnny on the spot whenever he goes to a show and they have the big LA night display to send me the picture. Uh, whenever he goes to an AEW show to send me a picture of the piddling poor excuse for their merchandise stand, you know? Yeah, here's the uh the one
1: AEW logo shirt, an elite shirt, maybe a buck shirt, and that's it. You know?
0: Right. The I was here shirt or whatever, or a, Yeah, a forty dollar two foot tall standee of Jay White, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh but anyway, I got an LA night Christmas sweater.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I hope uh the December Joe Sposo selfie of the month on the Patreon should be you in that sweater
0: it it when it's it's slated to arrive uh in the mail uh on Monday. So I have got an entire month to drop that, you know? Yeah, when that shows up, I will absolutely uh send that over, right?
1: Yep. Um I purchased uh, my only thing that was like non like wrestling related that i purchased all week uh was from like black friday sales and it was from amazon i don't know if it was cyber monday or whatever but you know how on top of my detolfs i have all the marvel legends like props like i have thor's hammer and uh you know the the fucking infinity gauntlet all the shields and all those things yeah um, the only not, it's not the only one I'm missing, but it's the only one I wanted that I'm missing, was the Captain Carter shield, which is like Iron Man shield with the Union Jack on it. Okay. Um, and that came out like maybe three months ago or so for like 150 bucks, And I'm like, yeah, I'll wait for a sale. Uh, and it was like an Amazon, one of those things where you, they only were putting up so many of them and you had to like claim it. You know, like, oh, 50% claim, that type of sale. Uh, but they put it up for 50 bucks. Uh and I was like, I got I kinda gotta jump on it then. You know, it's one fifty normally on uh, you're getting it for sixty six percent off. So I got a Captain Carter shield that hasn't arrived yet. Uh hopefully there's room up there to to fit that shield, you know?
0: Alright. Well, uh, you can go ahead and get um another shelf. Uh
1: I wish. Can't get detolfs anymore. Okay. And also like, (laughs) excuse me, and Ikea is like two and a half hours away to even check, but. Touche. Did you buy anything else? I just have two more quick things?
0: No, that was it, man. Like I said, I bought Christmas gifts for my wife and my kid, my nieces and nephews, uh, parents, all sorts of people. And uh, again, I had to splurge and get the shirt for myself, you know?
1: Yeah, that that has been what I've been doing is like buying uh, Christmas gifts. So really the only stuff I bought were things that were, it was like. I, you have to jump on it because it, it won't last you know so um i did order and thank you Brett and thank you uh, everybody else who pointed this out in the discord but i bought the shop AEW 1 of 3000 hook figure all uh, right just, just keeping that streak alive but joe next next month right after the December 29th <laughs> AEW pay-per-view shop AEW 1 of 3000 Eddie Kingston with the gas can and the bloody shirts Will you be buying one?
0: I'm going to have to, right?
1: You will, yeah. And I will tell you, uh, previously, uh, back when these figures actually used to be worth something and people cared, uh, I would try to buy two to like flip one. And uh, they had it set up so that you could only buy one at a time. Uh, oh. Now, I don't know if that has changed because other than MJF... Every other one of these figures has sat on the website for a couple months before they sell out Okay, Um, because you can still get the Jade Cargill. You can still get the Sheeta. You can still get the Hangman. I haven't checked on Hook. Uh, Hook might still be up there. It might be sold out. I don't know. Um, So if that's the case, then yeah, you can always go back in and get another one. But my point is we might not be able to do the like oh let's grab two or something like that plus yeah yeah i i kind of want two eddies you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh but i don't know just to prepare yourself um that obviously that will be coming out probably within a week to two weeks after the december 29th pay-per-view uh that i keep calling it that because i don't remember what the name of the pay-per-view is
0: it, it's actually december 30th but i get you oh okay um but yeah, so I
1: got the, the hook, and the only other thing I bought is the one of 400 uh, Tay Conti and Ethan Page micro-brawlers.
6: Because
1: mm-hmm. I, of course, I need those, you know? Yeah. The tightest hits in the game and the face of AEW.
0: I, I had to do a hard cutoff for micro-brawlers, uh. um, but as soon as the you know the AEW Jazz Wars figures comes out, I'll absolutely be getting the uh, Ethan Page one.
1: I probably should have bought the Ethan Page Micro Brawler.
0: <laughs> I should have. I didn't. That's on me.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I don't have faith in AEW figures being a thing <laughs> for All long. All right. Just you that's never just don't. My, Yeah, I, I just uh, if you look at look at uh, the the way AEW was a year ago or Jazzwares was a year ago, there was always at least two series is available for pre-order on ringside and sometimes up to three, where it's like, okay, this series is coming out in a month, this series is coming out a month after that, and this series is coming out three months after that. So it's like you've got all these different figures in the pipeline. Uh, right now, there's only one series of AEW figs that are available for pre-order, and it's the House of Black series that also has ROH fill um and those figures were announced god knows how long ago and they are still in the digital render stage uh meaning there's not even like a, a mock up or here's yeah. a packaged sample on ringside so it has been at least a month or so where there's only a series of ring of uh, of AEW figures up on ringside for pre-order with nothing else in the pipeline nothing else available for pre-order and Like, nothing new has hit stores in, in like, almost two months. So uh, I would not be – I'm not – like, I know nothing about anything, but this is very jarring that after two, three years of there being a new assortment hitting ringside every, let's say, every other month, you know, for pre-order – uh, that it's been six months since the series went up for pre order on Ringside. So I think there's something wrong with Jazzwares.
0: The only thing I could, you know, you pessimist, I'm optimist. I'm looking at maybe they're trying to get a footing to figure out what the correct dis- dis- distribution is supposed to be on these. And they're still trying to figure that out. Um, yeah, I mean, I,
1: def- I see them just doing, just being on Ringside and just being on Jazzwares Vaults. Okay. You know, like, I, I don't know, but I'm saying, like, if figures aren't hitting ringside and they, that's a very easy distribution thing, you know?
0: Good. I I was going to say, I definitely think other issues of like, they had like pie in the sky ideas in regards to what the lines were going to be, you know, the ring of honor stuff. And then, you know, doing stuff like based around Phil and we see where that went to. And there was other people that like had figures planned and are no longer with the company. Like even just like guys like Arn Anderson or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I think they're in the mindset of they're no longer with us. We have to cancel the figure. But again, I I think because they it it was just poor planning from the onset. Let's just say that. And I think at least on the figure side, they're trying to like, I don't think they're done with figures. I just think they're trying to figure it out, which they should have did before they put the first set out. Not two years into them putting figures out or whatever.
1: And, and, like, as much as I think it is super cool that they're like, oh, there's going to be a Captain Insano figure, and there's going to be a, like, Blade Runner Sting, and, you know, like you said, Arne Anderson, and uh, whatever, they're not, like, you can't send a Captain Insano figure to retail. You know, it's just going to sit there for six years. Because, obviously, you know, I, I personally wouldn't want it, but, like, people like us will buy it, but you know uh, a Blade Runner sting would die a slow death in a in a retailer you know right. it would just be bought by adult collectors and you know you're right maybe that shit should just go online only you know right so that that's my only concern is that like that Ethan Page was like a digital render was shown of that like a year ago yeah and like it's been a fucking year that should have came out already you know so something's wrong mm mm-hmm. mhm but Anyways, uh, the Ethan Page sold out, the Tay Conte didn't, so sadly you can't go grab one now.
0: Hopefully she'll get a bump. Uh, you can't get the Tay Conte one, it's just gone, gone. Oh, uh, well, uh,
1: I mean, it might be sold out now. What I'm saying is the Ethan sold out, the Tay didn't, last I checked. Gotcha. But I have them both, so.
0: But that's all I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, hey, everybody, thank you uh, very much for listening. This was... uh, Listen to me after dark. Jesus Christ. This was at odds with wrestling 269. Uh, For Adam, I'm not doing a retake on that. For Adam, this is Joe saying, Thanks for listening. Enjoy some wrestling and be safe out there. I switch things up because I'm just fucking everything up. (laughs) Good Good night, everybody.